Imagine yourself under a starry sky around the warm glow of the sacred fire. As your hosts, Saren Odinson, Jim Two Snakes, and Caitlin Stormbreaker, talk about shamanism, animism, books, science, psychology, pop culture, and more. Welcome to a show inspired by those late night conversations by real life spiritual practitioners. Won't you come and join us around Grandfather Fire? Beloved ancestors, each of us here, speaking, listening, being present, we have ancestors that stretch back into time. Ultimately, we are all family. Ancestors help us to remember, to treat each other with love and compassion to communicate well, to honor those who have passed before, and to recognize our leadership in providing a better world for those who will follow us. Ancestors, I call to you to hear us when we speak, to join us in this conversation, to join us around this virtual fire, to help us to share companionship and spirit, and story. Make this show a medium for all of us ancestors, for you, for myself, for Caitlin, for Sarah. Help us to reach out and form communities amongst people who will hear our voices. Bless us and bless all the people that will hear this show who are part of our community. Help us, ancestors, to understand that we are all interrelated by genetics, by choice, by compassion, and by love. Ancestors, I call to you to join us tonight. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Around Grandfather Fire. You're listening to episode number 83 and the beginning of season number four. My name is Jim Two Snakes, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends and co-hosts, Saren Thodson and Caitlin Stormbreaker. How are you both doing tonight? Well, we've survived three whole seasons together. Do you think Woo! we can survive another one? It's <laughs> <laughs> quite probably, yeah. As long as you guys don't kill me, we're all right. <laughs> Listen, old uh, man, you're out of here. <laughs> say, don't hand me the keys to the bus too often. Beep, 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 motherfucker. Oh, how is everybody doing? Uh, doing oh. much better. Is, I was say, is everybody not, recovering well? <laughs> finally not sick anymore. The only symptom that I have left over. Oh, for everybody that is unaware or not on our discord um my and why aren't you exactly you should head over there now it's a great community (laughs) um uh my household uh, got covid actually uh but we survived scraping the bottom of the barrel for a few days but we survived um the the worst part of it that just keeps ebbing and flowing is the tiredness of it. Mm, mm-hmm. But I, I swear I did not sleep for probably three whole days. I pretended to sleep. I acted wow. like I was sleeping, but I was 
I was awake probably for three whole days. It was not good. <laughs> wow. And I'm just, I'm just playing catch up. That was, that was two and a half weeks ago too. And I'm still tired. So it just wouldn't let you sleep. You were just so uncomfortable. You couldn't sleep or. I, it was a mixture between the temperature fluctuations that I was mm-hmm. dealing with. Mm-hmm. There was no happy medium. I was either super, super hot and sweating like crazy, or I was super, super cold and sweating like crazy. It didn't gotcha. matter. And I couldn't get comfortable. My body was really sore. And I was just, it, it had nothing to do with my breathing. My breathing was fine, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the the body aches and the the congested head. Like I felt like I had a baseball right in the center of my skull that was just trying to push everything outward. That does not sound fun. No, no, it was super uncomfortable, but um, we made it. So Jim, since uh, very few people can see you, why don't you explain what's going on with the light show? In the- <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I think I, I, I shared it on my TikTok as well. So for those of you who are, who are interested in in alternatives sometimes because we have to do workarounds, my altars are currently on shelves, which doesn't allow me to use candles very easily. And um, so I have the psychedelic rave party light going on because that was my alternative. I could provide them bright, shiny colors and energy without having to have a candle going. So, so yeah. For those who can't see right now, um, yes, it looks like there's a party going on, Mm -hmm. especially with my little scully guy back there, my day of the dead figurine. And (laughs) yeah. And because your, your altars are on shelves, you also have one of those uh, digital photo frames that cycles through a bunch of different photos, which I always thought was very um, practical in such a small space. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good idea. It's because uh, I like it because it's a digital photo frame. And so there's a couple little things that happen with that. It means that my ancestors are always lit up. There's Mm. always light emanating Mm. from them. And it's become like this little, almost like a divination. Like I'll walk into the room and I'll be like, oh, my ancestors. And I'll look over that direction. If it's grandma's picture, I know that's grandma trying to speak to me because all the ancestors just cycle through in a random order. So thanks. So how about you, Sarenth? Sorry, my brain went to, oh, so your ancestors are always lit. Interesting. Yeah, well, (laughs) why do you think we got rave party lights? (laughs) I was going to say, I think a good number of all of our ancestors are just always lit. Party Lutherans. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, how am I? Uh, Let's see. Pretty much everybody in my house caught COVID except for my mom. So that was rough. And we were going to move out the following week. Uh, so I caught it the 30th. So I spent New Year's with the kids upstairs watching the ball drop while uh, my wife was completely TKO. Um, oh, yeah, I was TKO on New Year's, too. <laughs> I, I understand that because I caught it the 31st. Yeah, we uh, the first three days, I was pretty much sleeping. The fatigue was what hit me the worst. And then later, the lung stuff hit. Um, basically got to talk to my doc, see about getting, uh, some rescue inhalers again, because I haven't mm-hmm. had to deal with asthma crap in literally a decade. So oh, maybe more now, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but we are now fully moved for those who can not see what's on my screen. Uh, I am actually sitting in our new basement and, 
uh, to my left is what used to be the old clean-out door for the fireplace upstairs. Nice. Oh, wow. I was wondering if that's what that was. Yeah, it's a clean-out It's a clean out door. Um, in older fireplaces, they had these and then the ashes and such out of the speeds. Um, and this this house is... Ugh, I love it. I love it. It's, it's cold enough in some spaces, like Honestly, like right now, where I'm at in the basement is almost too cold. So we might get a space heater down there and move some gloves. But aside from that, I feel a little stretchy gloves. Um, cold for you is saying something, too. It is, yeah. it is pretty frigid on this side, but in the other side, <laughs> it's actually quite warm. So like, the, there's a living area down here, and uh, our entertainment center is all set up. So the upstairs doesn't actually have an entertainment center. We have a fireplace, and we're going to have a sectional, and maybe getting all domestic. It's great. We've been nice. here for a couple of days and been making all home cooked meals and freezing the leftovers and being all responsible adults and stuff. It's like a whole different chapter of our lives has kicked off. I mean, I've I've lived outside of my folks' house before, but this is completely different. This is our own home. You know, the spirits know us here. We finally got to do a house blessing and a cleansing. Once everybody recovered and we got all our crap over here. And it is, it is night and day. It is such a wonderful feeling to come home and be, like, be able to say, you know, to your partners, welcome home. It's such an amazing feeling. Yeah. It is. It's really cool. Now we just got to invest in some sound paneling for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is the, the next on my docket for things because I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing the echoes weird. <laughs> You can get a decent packet of them. Like I've got on my panels behind me from Amazon for, for not very much for like 16 panels. All you need was some adhesive or something to put them up and that would help quite a bit. I'm good for that. <laughs> well, cool. Um, I also wanted to mention um, that, you know, we mentioned our discord here a few minutes ago that we have decided when when Sarenth and Caitlin were kind of on the shelf because of illness, that just me, I, I have to admit, with all my stuff going on, I wasn't cutting it as an as a admin. And so we asked around a little bit and we are pre- pleased to announce that we have two mods from our listeners that have joined us on the on the Discord. So JD and Black Cat88 and we appreciate you both stepping up to the plate to be moderators for us. And, you know, it's a, it's a pretty casual get because we have a pretty casual discord, but it's, it's nice to know that there's extra people keeping an eye on it for us. Yeah. I think, I think it just, in, in the beginning, it was easy for us to kind of keep an eye on the the traffic and the conversations and everything. But within just the last two or three weeks, the, the traffic on the discord has grown exponentially and it it did become a little bit much for us, you know, where we all wear many hats um, throughout all of our lives, but um, I'm very grateful to JD and black cat for agreeing to help us out in that capacity. So thank you both for being willing to step up and help us keep an eye on the community that we love so much to make sure that everything remains um, loving and kind and, and supportive. So thank you. 
Yeah, we, our Discord's great. I really love it. Uh, we were having uh, some meme adventures last night using InspiroBot to to do divination on how our 2022 was going to go. That was kind of fun. I don't know if you guys are familiar with InspiroBot out there in listening land, but it's kind of fun. It's one of those uh, bots that generates random uh, spiritual or inspirational sounding memes. <laughs> and sometimes they make a lot more sense than others. But um, I just yeah. love how InspiroBot just makes its rounds. Like it'll show up and be right? popular for a couple of weeks and then just like totally drop off the world for months and then randomly show up again when somebody new discovers it again. And it's just amusing to me. Yep. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to mention too, while I'm thinking of uh, our, our Discord makes me think of our Patreon. And I can't remember, there was one name of somebody that had signed up with us uh, in later in the month, and I can't remember who it was, and I don't remember if I got them in the in the shout outs last show. So I'm just gonna our last two people to sign up are Ujum House and Kim B. So we want to thank you both for joining us as Patreon supporters as well. Love so, our Patreon supporters. So I went and looked up in Sparrow Bot. And I have found a new meme for us, which I'll be posting in the meme section. The, uh, the official around <laughs> grandfather fire in Spyrobot 2022 meme is you will wake up and it's a dude jumping over a mountaintop. <laughs> you will wake up. That's our, our Spyrobot uh, meme. For for around grandfather no. fire for the year. Yep. I don't want to. I don't want to wake up. No. What naps? But going back to our Patreons, you guys. <laughs> are wonderful thank you so much for supporting us every month and it it just astounds me every single month that we we have people giving us money to to do this i mean <laughs> right I, I feel like that just solidifies the fact that i think i say some really profound shit sometimes you know <laughs> maybe i don't know i don't listen to our show <laughs> <laughs> No, you do. You say some really awesome things, Caitlin, and and um, we've go definitely got a lot of feedback down. on that. <laughs> well, thank you for writing down. It was suggested today that uh, we go back and uh, collect together the opening prayers from each episode into like its own little special mm. thing. So I'm going to work mm. on that. I know there's a couple episodes where my my masters were lost, so there might be a little background music in a few of them here and there, but. Um, Thanks to that external drive that failed. There's a couple that are missing, but I think I've got most of them. And, and once that's all put together, there's a couple people that are talking about transcribing them even. So wow. I know, right. That would be cool. Wouldn't it? That would be really cool. I, you know, I've got to give a lot of props to anybody who does transcribing because I've tried it and it is the most nerve wracking thing that I have ever attempted to do with my life. And I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't type fast enough. My brain <laughs> doesn't communicate with my hands quick enough right? to keep up with it. And I just I feel that whoever does that, you, you're like magic incarnate. <laughs> yeah, also, I feel that one of the, the weird side effects from COVID is my brain sometimes does not work. Like it just 
full on, like it was bad before and it, it's worse <laughs> now. I will be halfway through a sentence and I'll just stop talking and completely forget what I was talking about. So if that happens, I am so sorry. Uh, just move on. It's fine. <laughs> we'll just, just keep going. There's yep. nothing to see here. Yep, just pick up where I left off and keep going because <laughs> fuck it if I know. I don't even know half the time what I was talking about. Like I have to sit and think about like, what the hell was I talking about again? Oh, yeah. And then something, it's 20 minutes stuff. later and the conversation has moved on. So <laughs> we'll see how profound I get this season. It might just be the comedic relief at this point. I know. Yeah, I doubt that as well somehow. So, so I, I I had told you guys I wanted to share a quick story uh, as we were getting ready to start the show. My my camera went out on my on my computer here, and so I had to restart real quick. But I wanted to share a story yesterday. Um, I went to Keys of Manifestation, which is a little shop in Lansing, right? Music. They had agreed to let me do use their space for some publicity photos for some stuff I'm working on for my website and that sort of thing. And um, here's the funny story. So one of the, one of the things that I wanted to shoot was a really basic ancestor altar setup because I rewritten my ancestor altar PDF. It's now on my website. And so I want to start talking about that and promoting it a little bit more. So, okay, we need some pictures, right? So I did, you know, I took a, a white cloth while I was at, at that shop. I got a little chime candle and a holder and, and that sort of thing. But I knew I was going to need the water cup, right? Here's the mistake. The mistake was taking the actual water cup I use on our actual ancestor altar. <laughs> Whoops. The reason this was a mistake is because this, uh, this semi-professional photographer who we took all kinds of shots of me and, and my tarot cards and all kinds of stuff at this table. No problem. When he goes to take pictures of the ancestor altar, the autofocus keeps picking up movement and tracking off to the side and focusing on the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> and we could replace it. We could go back to other items. No issue. He could shoot other things around the shop. No issue. Try to shoot that ancestor altar again. And it's the autofocus is like going all over the place. <laughs> it was see it was for like, half a second. I really thought that you were going to say he took a drink out of the cup. And I was no, like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. But I, I just thought that was funny that he would like the camera's like, okay, well, who are these people? There's no people. Okay. There is people, but there's no people. <laughs> what are we focusing <laughs> on here? There's, there's people all over the place here. What are you talking about? Right, Super that was crowded. About it, too. it was, it was pretty funny. I got a good laugh out of it. We all did. I like when little confirmations happen like that because you do like, like you said, you took pictures of the tarot card he, cards. He took pictures of you. All of that was fine. Everything worked fine. He took pictures yep. around his studio just to double check and make sure. But you bring in that one element, right. that one super right. magical connected element. And it's like, <laughs> yep. nope, you're all <laughs> fucked now. All good of a sudden luck. it's going crazy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, though. It's, uh, yeah. it's a nice little uh, confirmation that you're doing good good work. Oh, my God. Words are hard. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you were going to say something, Sarah. Your microphone's muted. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're off to a great start, you guys. Right? <laughs> you'd think that we took more than just a month off. You'd think that it was oh like, God, we're coming out of retirement, <laughs> coming out of retirement with bad knees. And <laughs> I, look, I already got bad knees and a bad yeah, right. back, Me too. So, oh, goodness gracious. I know. I, I always laugh that sometimes like my knees sound like dice cup divination going on. <laughs> yeah, I swear I could probably do a lot of readings with how many snaps, crackles, and pops come out of my body. <laughs> right? I imagine, especially after a long day at the greenhouse and such. That that's more groans and where it hurts, but in my <laughs> off season, my off season is where the snaps, cracks, and pops come from. Oh, Sarah is back again. Let's see here. Maybe. Maybe. He looks kind of frozen. He does look a little frozen. Oh, no. Wait. No, there's, there's two, two of them. Oh, what is happening? <laughs> this is a great start to the new season. Let this Have we be- mentioned that Mercury is retrograde? Let this not fuck, be- there's two of me now. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't a sign for how the rest of the season is going to go. Wow. Well, with two of you might actually get all the shit done that you think you're going to get done in any given week. I mean, if there's two of them, he can get twice the work done now. Instead of going 100 miles per hour, he can go 200 (laughs) miles per hour. Great. Woohoo! Yeah, Jim was the truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Lucky you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this year's already up to a great start. This bastard hasn't switched it off and hang out behind that wheel of that damn bus. Yeah, well, that was not driving the bus was uh, uh, not a resolution of mine. So you're uh, safe or unsafe, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I, I don't do resolutions anymore. I just do outlooks. Right? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's a big thing for me now. Is is because the resolution thing it never stuck. It was just like, yeah, I'll work on this for a bit, and then it drops off. Yeah, or you never start it. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat better in the new year, and then January first rolls around, and you're like, cookies and candy and cake, <laughs> right? You're That's like, well, you're even awake after the hangover. <laughs> I mean, like I it's January first. It would be wasteful ago. to just throw out all these pizza rolls I bought for New Year's Eve. I better right? eat <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who's going to eat the breadsticks? Right? I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's a new year. It's a new me. It's just going to be more of me. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, this is kind of a good plug for this. Sorry, I'm going to hop on that. I actually wrote a really cool blog post. Um, yes, you did. Uh, right before I got sick, actually. So <laughs> it's totally you know, well-rounded and the words are all there and it works. Um, but it's called new year, new you. <clears throat> um, but it is on my blog post, uh, which Sarah, I believe you have that because I don't have it anymore. It is storepaco.com.blog. That one. I'm, I'm not even looking at it. I just know your URLs now. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and that's so why funny. you're my friend. <laughs> S-T-O-R-M-P-A-Q-O.home.blog. That's um, awesome. But check it out. It, there's a lot of really good advice in there. There's advice that came from Jim. There's advice that came from my other teacher, Beth. And then there's things that I have grown from their teachings um, on my own. And it, it's a really interesting outlook that 
gives you something more to work for than just a resolution. It gives you more solid grounding to stand on and you end up with a far greater rate of success. And it's more gentle than the whole resolution thing. Any, any more, I'm suspicious of the resolution thing just because of how many companies use that as leverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole trapping of, of like, okay, you've eaten like a fiend for Christmas, now drop all the weight. It's like, it's, it's this stupid yo-yo dieting thing that comes right. around every year. It's not healthy for anybody, let alone... You know, I don't care how skinny or how big or how what size you are. It's not healthy. Period. End of sentence. To yo-yo like that. Well, and it's it's not even necessarily that. It's the idea that those of us in the north who are in winter right now has any well has any (laughs) capability of starting anything new right now. I mean, we're all tired. We have seasonal depression. It's fucking cold outside. We should be hibernating. We should be resting right now. Right. You know, not starting new and hitting the gate running at 100 miles per hour. No, fucking take your time. (laughs) Relax. Do that shit in the spring or when it's warmer out. That's fine. You know, you don't have to do it right now. Actually, a side topic here. And I, I went to hunt down the article and it looks like the post was getting taken down, which really kind of disappointed me. But I ran across an interesting concept because I had mentioned Mercury is retrograde right now. And this article had the thought, which I'm, I'm finding very interesting, that Mercury retrograde or our fear of it is based in capitalism and consumerism because so much of what we're supposed to fear about Mercury retrograde is things like communication errors, failure to connect, our gadgets going wrong, that sort of thing. And it's because our fast-paced, commercialized society has so much emphasis on not wasting time that the concept of slowing down is seen as wasteful and we're supposed to hoard our resources. We can't waste them by slowing down to take the time to communicate well and that sort of thing. I thought that was kind of a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, the notion of wasting time is really... Sorry, go ahead. No, go, 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 go. The notion of wasting time is really fucking weird when you actually like... What what are you wasting? Like, for one, I get one life as this incarnation. So... I get to choose what I spend that time toward. Um, wasting what? Wasting time. So you're telling me that rest and relaxation, anything that's not grinding, anything that is not absolutely making me money is a waste of time? That is any human endeavor outside of economics. And, and most of the stuff that we attach money to loses its intrinsic value as soon as you put an extrinsic value on it like that, where, okay, this has become my hustle instead of the hobby that I really wanted to dive into. I have dropped so many hobbies because I tried doing something like that. It's, it's very toxic to think that on the one hand, I am supposed to be a grandmaster at this five minutes into doing it. But on the other hand, if I get enjoyment out of 
very poorly, for instance, uh, I'm not good at crocheting. I can do a mean chain stitch and that's about it. But making a chain stitch can be very relaxing because it gives me something to do with my hands while I'm talking. Well, I don't have to be a good crochet uh, crafter to enjoy it. If all I want to ever do is make chain stitches, that's all I ever have to do. Um, you know, I think this, you know, you've got to be the best or the master or the whatever. It gets completely in the way of every other thing that makes our lives actually worth living. It, it's really kind of grotesque. I mean, if you look at the world, we've built a lie around the idea of our own little plot of land with a picket white fence and the fancy luxury car in the driveway and the big house to fit on the land. And the only way you can get that is if you run yourself into the ground and spend up all the energy that you have as a younger adult in order to get there so that by the time you're an older adult and can actually experience and enjoy those things you're fucking exhausted or your body is too broken to do anything and then you can't actually enjoy your experience life we are led into this false belief by the businesses and corporations that run our our country you know they want us to do these things so that we have to buy their products or we have to buy their medication or we have to do this or we have to do that. They make it seem like these are the necessary necessary qualities of life that we should be striving for. But one of the things that one of the lessons that actually Freyer taught me was that life isn't about being the greatest version of myself every single day. Life is about experiencing what this world has to offer and what this world has to offer has nothing to do with what the corporations in this world have to offer. If that's something you enjoy, if you enjoy playing video games or if you enjoy watching TV, then then so be it. But be there, be there 100 percent and in, really enjoy those, you know, try to separate the things like if you're watching a TV show that you really enjoy, try not to be on your phone. And then ask yourself, am I really enjoying these things or am I just wasting time, as you say, because time is a weird soup that we really have no control over. We have no concept or idea of how it flows. Then find something else that'll help you actually enjoy what you're doing. You know, are you led to believe that you really do enjoy surfing social media or you really do enjoy zoning out and watching TV. And I'm, I'm not saying that's bad all the time. You know, I, I am, I have to sit and watch TV sometimes because I have to force myself to sit down and relax. I have to have that distraction to keep myself away from my mind. But the more things that I look at as something I want to do because I enjoy it versus something I want to do because I want to make money off of it suddenly become far more enjoyable. Like, for those of you who can see me right now, I have my guitar behind me. I'm in my office where I do all of my writing, where I do all of my my brainstorming for my blogs or for the book that I'm writing. But I also have something that I really enjoy just doing. I don't play for anybody. I don't play for my husband. I don't play for my stepson. I don't play with other people. 
I play because it brings me joy. It brings me happiness. It stills my heart. It calms my mind. And it brings me back into who I am. That's, that's what life is about, doing those things. Yes, I'm writing because I want to be an author and I want to sell a million books. That would be fucking awesome. But I'm also doing it because I enjoy it, because I have these stories stuck in my head that want out and they want to be told. And I enjoy the challenge of writing them and getting them out. But I also play music because I enjoy it. I don't play music because I want to be a famous singer songwriter. Believe me, I have incredible amounts of stage fright. I could not do that. But even if you're not good at it, do those things you enjoy because you enjoy them for the sake of enjoying them. You don't have to be great at it. If you want to sit and watch TV because you enjoy it, sit and watch TV because you enjoy it because other people's stories are fucking amazing to experience. Yeah, it can be a huge mistake trying to turn your hobbies into a business. You really can rob yourself of a lot of joy. I mean, it's one thing to say, I need, you know, to cover some sort of expenses to buy more paints or whatever. But, you know, you just look at how common it is in some cultures and communities to just, you're trying to be good at it just for the enjoyment of being good at it. And then the enjoyment of giving it away to somebody else and not even expecting anything in return. Yeah. And I think we really shot ourselves in the foot by making the saying, uh, practice makes perfect, where it should be practice makes progress. Oh, I like that. Because yeah, nobody can be perfect. It's impossible to be perfect in anything all the time. Mm-hmm. Even some of the most famous guitarists out there slip when they're playing, you know, but yeah. they're still super famous. I think that, uh, you know, as we, as we come into this new year, the, a lot of the, it's interesting because like a lot of the attitudes that used to have love and trinity were kind of gone away. It's not just, you know, oh, it's a new year. It's also, um, is the new year itself actually in keeping with any natural cycle? Because I, I used to like really forward to New York. Oh, okay. The, the school year's half over, you know, because back in high school, it's, it's the halfway mark, you know. Now it's just kind of like, well, okay, it's an arbitrary date set in the middle of our calendar. There's nothing on either side of it in terms of the, the week or so preceding or, or after that in any way, shape, or form makes sense for us to be celebrating right now. And there's, you know, there's no lunar event. There's no solar event besides Yule, which was probably three weeks ago by the time that our Gregorian calendar uh, – reckons for the new year. Okay, so what, what are we actually attached to? It, it seems really arbitrary. Um, it's also why a lot of my holiday celebrations have kind of gone by the wayside as polytheists. Uh, I'm much more concerned now with when's planted. That's when I'm going to start celebrating certain When's harvest? You know, the arbitrary, you know, okay, midsummer is the 21st of June. Unless you're actually out working in some kind of garden or something, it really doesn't mean much. It's arbitrary. It's it's a calendar day, and so a lot a lot of my focus 
funny enough, thinking on this concept of wasting time is the concept of linear time. The more that I dive into my paganism, my polytheism, the less linear time makes sense. And the more t- the cyclical time makes a better narrative. Uh, I'm also reminded of this because I need to switch out my freaking calendar because I just got the Nordic Animism 2022 calendar a little while back, a couple months ago. And I love it because there's a rune for each day. There's tons and tons of, of information in it. And I, I really enjoy it. I think Rune has done an amazing job. Rune Piarnell Rasmussen, for those who don't know, NordicAnimism.com. Um, and what I really love is that he makes a really big effort to tie seasonal tied things into it so that it actually makes sense why you're doing what you're doing. And it's one of the things that I love about animus inside of polytheism because that component, it's not just arbitrary solar calendar dates. And Vic uh, makes a really good point that midsummer is a celestial event. It is, it is. But I think that, that there's a lack of connection because it's become so arbitrary or it's become so abstracted from what midsummer actually meant. Yeah, I, I think, I think, abstract is probably a better word than arbitrary because it actually does denote a time and a reason it's just that with all the electric lights and all the other things that we have access to the longest day of the year doesn't mean what it maybe once did yeah that's a good uh, yeah yeah i think we've lost a lot of our internal cycles the moment we added electrical lighting within our homes, because we no longer had to conserve our oil for our lamps or candles for our kitchens, you know, lost the the connection to a lot of things. Like it's January. I could go out and get fresh strawberries right now if I wanted to. Well, okay. Fresh is a relative term, but I could go to the store. I could go to the store and get ones that were on a plant. Not so long ago. Yeah, Yeah. You know, and I can, I can buy apples in the spring when that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, Um, Actually, there was an article that I read maybe a month and a half ago um, where one of the suggestions to help you get back into the rhythm of reconnecting with like yourself, your body, your spirit and stuff like that is to reconnect with the actual harvest times of certain plants and only eat what is seasonal and what is in, um, in season at the time. And a lot of that, unless you're actually a part of farming and harvesting, people have lost that knowledge. They have no idea that in the wild, the only time you actually do get strawberries is in June, if you're lucky, if the weather is right. And the only time they're sweet enough is if they get enough sunshine. You know, they don't realize that the only time you get apples is in the fall when they start dropping from the trees because they're ripe enough and you have to get there before the deer do. Otherwise, you're going to end up with half eaten apples. Look, you drunk bastards quit. (laughs) I mean, if if you haven't ever lived close to an apple orchard and seen drunk deer wandering around, it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. Oh yeah. Squirrels too. We got got squirrels (laughs) and groundhogs and they're all kind of around the yard. That's good hard cider. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Waste not, what not. I think, I think too, that's, that's something that I've come back, especially since we moved in, something that we've been wanting to do for a while 
is dehydrating and preserving our own foods. And I know it's a completely like most of this would be like historically done by the, by this point. Like you'd have what's in your lighter and that's it. Um, and best believe you hope that you're going to make it through the winter to the next harvest. You know, we no longer have that, that fear. The only fear we have is do I have enough money to keep filling up my fridge and my cupboards? Is the supply chain going to be viable long enough for me to get blah? Right. I, I think that um, is the store going to run out of Cadbury eggs before Easter. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Cadbury eggs I'm sorry just this stupid Cadbury commercial with all the, the fucking bunnies is in my head now <laughs> fucking bunnies is an image I'm not gonna lie now just add the clicking in anyway um, as long as they don't scream I think they're fine um, Jesus. The uh, right, so so the whole, I was going to say we derailed him. Yay! We did big time. So I think one of the things that um, is really coming back into focus, uh, especially since Newhouse and a lot of the stuff that was really a roadblock was just time and space to do stuff like this to dehydrate like right now uh we just dehydrated a whole crate of tomatoes last night we're dehydrating tomato or uh, apples today and it's making stuff like apple chips or ingredients for pies things like that and it just uh it's the small stuff like that really fills me with this joy of oh my god we are actually finally doing the thing that we've been wanting to do for years now (laughs) Um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing double portions of meals and freezing half of it. Mm-hmm. And that's really awesome. It really, it brings a sense of accomplishment to do something that's simple. I mean, we're also saving like a ton of money by not eating out, but it's, it's the simple process of taking time out and just enjoying the process of really an essential part of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't get much more basic than, what am I going to eat today? And enjoying <laughs> right. that. It, it's such a weird thing to realize how, how much fear we have as people around food insecurity unless you have never been food insecure. And having that thought of, I will have enough to feed myself and to feed my family is such a calming and peaceful feeling, especially if you're the one doing the processing and the canning and the drying and the storing of all this stuff. There's, there's this weird sense of I'm providing for my family that is almost carnal and on this very basic kind of animalistic level of I'm going to survive. And it's a totally different feeling outside of, well, cool. I have, you know, a thousand dollars saved in my bank account. I feel comfortable now, you know, I have enough to cover me for at least a month on bills or expenses, unless you live where we live, which is fucking stupid. I think that um, not only a sense of accomplishment, but a sense of security every time we put something in the freezer. And it's really funny because like, you know, 
I work a job where, yes, I, I, I work more than I want to, at it, but it provides enough financial security. But I never really felt that secure until I was able to, like, oh, I could physically put food away and save it for later. I don't know. There, I think that, I think it's an abstraction, the abstraction of relationships between ourselves and our food, ourselves and ourselves, even, to where, you know, wasting time. I mean, how many people during this pandemic said, you know what, I am going to learn how to make that sourdough starter. I'm going to learn how to do this craft that I want to write. I think, I think almost everybody can relate to that. And I think that that speaks to something, a kind of stealing back from the systems that we're currently enmeshed in of, you know what? It doesn't matter how much I do or don't have to pay for this flour to make the sourdough. It doesn't matter what kind of material resources I need to do this thing. I am willing to put forward the effort to get those things for the simple joy of doing for my own sake or for the sake of my family. Because there's nothing like cooking something and then everybody in the house is like, wow, this is really, really good. What did you do? And it's it's a, the simplest of recipes. Like a sourdough starter is one of the simplest breads you can make. But it's so revolutionary in this day and age when you can go out and buy a loaf of bread to do the stuff that our ancestors were like, yeah, this is the daily grind. If you don't do this, you don't eat. Yeah, really- and let me tell you, bread making, people were fucking buff doing that shit because they didn't have what I had where I've got a KitchenAid mixer that does all the kneading for me because holy fucking shit, dude. (laughs) Some of these bread recipes were literally doing the when you say, okay, now punch the dough. You're literally beating punching. Yeah. Yeah, You're punching the dough down. I mean that that's but there is nothing quite so humbling as learning how to make a loaf of bread and thinking, oh yeah, this is totally gonna be so easy. And then fucking it up so badly <laughs> and trying to figure out what the hell you did wrong because you did everything exactly right to the T that you did, you know, a day ago and it turned out perfect. There's nothing quite like bread to humble you. It's it, it's quite an experience. <laughs> um, I want to do a slight transition um, because I think it's related when we're talking about joy and what's a waste of time and even cyclical time. Um, I'm going to pick on you a little bit, Sarah, but also on you, Caitlin and myself, but Sarah, you have taken some time off recently from your spiritual practice. And I think this is a valuable topic. I kind of want to talk about if you're willing to hit the edges of it a little, I don't know, especially to go super in depth if you don't want to, but I, I, we willing to, I'd like you to talk about it a little bit sure. around the edges, at least. So everybody that's listening to this, anyone who's ever interacted with Sarenth at an event or anything, you know that Sarenth is a spiritual workhorse. I mean, the amount of time and effort and strength and dedication he puts into ritual is amazing. And then you remember not so many episodes ago, Sarenth said he was going to take some time away because he needed that time. He needed to refresh himself. And so there was a little bit of conversation amongst the three of us because Sarenth was trying to talk about whether he was going to take some more time off or not. And I think this is a value converse, valuable conversation to have for a lot of our listeners, a lot of the my spiritual dad clients even, because 
people have this conception that so much of our spirituality is either zero or a hundred. Mm. And Sarenth, I kind of want to talk to you about, uh, about that a little bit in the sense that how could we help ourselves do things that feel like they're spiritually fulfilling without having to feel like we're exhausting ourselves in that process? I think, uh, and I, I'm willing to deep dive on this for this episode. I'm fine with that. Um, I think one of the biggest things is to realize that unless you have an agreement with your gods, ancestors, spirits, or yourself, there's no fucking end goal. Like, take that weight off of yourself. I have a harder time with that because I look at the overculture. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a really hard time with getting rid of that workaholic mindset of if I am not being productive, I'm wasting my time or I'm wasting somebody's time. Um, your spiritual life is just that. It's going to have ebbs. It's going to have flows. It's going to have times where your nose is so hard to the grindstone, you think of the damn thing's going to come off. And then there's going to be some times where you're wondering if there was ever a grindstone to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that, honestly, some of that depends on your relationships with the Gindrege, the, the gods, ancestors, and spirits, the Metia. Some of that depends on your own temperament. Um, my temperament I think, is I think there's the a. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves because I know we've heard from listeners who say, I can never do all the stuff that Sarah does or Caitlin does. And and the truth is, no, you shouldn't be expected to. Honestly, Sarah, a lot of times I think you shouldn't be expected to do all the stuff that you do. And I, I wonder how we can, as spirit practitioners, spiritual practitioners, become more balanced in finding that. Because really, let's be honest, I had, the reason this is on my mind as well is because mm-hmm. I had a reading over, over New Year's and I had asked, what can I do to further my, my uh, business, essentially, my, my spiritual dad service? And the answer was, put yourself, more of yourself into it, which had a kind of a moment of existential crisis for me because I had to stop and go, well, wait, who the hell am I if I'm not helping other people? If I'm not working constantly, who the hell am I? It was a realization of how many hobbies and, and things like that have taken a back seat for me. And so how could I put more of myself into this if I don't know who the hell I am? And so that's something that I'm no different from that accountant or that auto executive or that engineer that's the workaholic on the old TV shows and comes home late and leaves in early. It's just I'm doing it for spiritual things instead of doing it for, you know, the company's profit margin. So how do we become better at that? I think it's really interesting how many spiritual practitioners have been forced to take a step back and ask that themselves that question. Um, myself, uh, personally, have been on this journey for the better part of a year now. Actually, I think it was last year's divination episode that we did, or maybe it was the one that we did with uh, Three Pagans and a Cat, I'm unsure, but uh, whenever Freya decided to step in and literally wreck my fucking life, <laughs> lovingly, of course, with a sledgehammer, um, 
but she forced me to take a step back and asked me one of the hardest questions I've ever had to answer about myself. And that was, what do you want? And then she later on followed up with, who are you? And why are you that way? Can you change it? Can you be okay with changing it? Can you realize that your life's purpose, your existence here on this planet is to not be everything to everybody around you? Your life's purpose is to be everything you are to yourself. Can you accept that as an acceptable path in life? And can you realize that everything that you do as a person or as a spiritual practitioner affects other people in waves and ripples around you? Because they see you. They see you as a real person. They see you as a real being walking through this life. And they go, well, how did she do that? How did she become this thing that is so solidly within herself? And how can I do that too? And then she asked me, are you willing to share these teachings with other people, but without running your nose into the grindstone? Are you willing to step back and say, I need a moment. I need a break. I need some time for myself. How willing are you to experience yourself in your life? And how willing are you to experience the life around you that's happening all the time. And those are the questions that I've had to answer time and time and time again. Let me tell you, those answers have changed. They were immediately one thing when she first asked them. And then a couple of weeks later, there was something else. And then a few weeks later, it was back to that first thing I said. And then it was a little different. And then I'm still walking that and I'm realizing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't think there's actually an answer, at least not a solid one, not a concrete answer. Right. Life is a garden. You know, some flowers die, some flowers hibernate for years on end before they come back, you know, and that's okay. Right. Well, and I mean, I think, I think garden is a good thing because in the sense that it's a great analogy because ties into what I'm always talking about. I tell people that your everyday practice is your spiritual practice, right? So like when you're working at the greenhouse, when Sarenth is cooking and putting away food, that is part of your spiritual practice. How yes. do we how do we remember that in the sense that, you know, like it means that when you were taking time away, Sarah, you weren't really t- taking time away. You were shifting the focus of your tasks. You were putting a right. different value on different tasks than you were before. How do we figure that out or how we help other people figure that out? So what I, I had to come to, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say for me is I had to remove the invisible barrier that wasn't actually there that had been placed at some point in my life between spirituality and my real life, I had to realize that there is no barrier there. Mm-hmm. My life as a, an individual is a spiritual practice. Everything that I do is part of that practice. There is no separation between me and my spirit. So why would there be a separation between me and my everyday life and my spiritual practice? Even if I don't right. wear it on my sleeves every day, so to speak, or in Saren's case, literally, <laughs> um, 
there is no barrier there. And the, the hardest thing I had to deal with in that was the comfort I felt when I finally did remove that barrier, because I always had that, that weird, like friction that would happen when I would mm-hmm. step out of the spiritual aspect of my life and into my real life. And then realizing, oh, that friction is unnatural. It shouldn't be there. And then I, I, for me, it was just a general sense of awareness, bringing active awareness to, okay, I'm washing the dishes. So therefore I'm taking care of the housewives or the house of the tier because I'm taking care of the home I live in. I'm actively caring for the spirit in which lives within this house. When I make certain recipes that belong uh, to my grandmother or my great grandmother, I'm actively caring for that line because I'm carrying on their memory by making this meal, mm-hmm. you know, it's little things like that to just bring a general awareness to your life and how can you make it spiritual or how is it spiritual, even though it's super mundane. Right. So a lot of my, my life has already incorporated this lesson in a pretty, pretty, a lot of direct ways I've talked about it here. I've talked about it on my blog. My challenge was letting go of Sarth the individual. My challenge was going from I am Sarth the individual to I am Sarth in community. I am Sarth. I am community. So rather than this need to be so much for so many other people, I have had to shift my mindset from how best does Sarth work in this community? If I was talking to somebody else in this community and they were exhibiting these traits, these behaviors. What would I be telling this person? Um, You know, and as I, as I look at February and thinking about going back to doing spirit work professionally full-time again, I hesitate. And for, for two major reasons, number one is that the, the level of work that I was putting out was quite sustainable in one aspect of it, but unsustainable in the other. And part of the sustainability was where I was at at the time. Where I'm at now, I mean, physically where I'm at now is much more sustainable. I'm not tripping over people. People here know my schedule and I'm not having to consistently remind everybody in the household. It's like, look at my Google calendar. Y'all have access. Um, But it's also work was nowhere near as oppressive now with the overtime as it was then. If I had gone into October trying to make a full, the full load of work that I had to do on top of the full work of, spirit work that I had to do, I would have burnt completely out and I would probably crushed. Um, so in, in a retrospect, it was a really good decision that I finally listened to people saying, hey, you might want to take a break. And what really got through to me at that point was because I had some serious ego about being able to push through. Could I have? Yeah. Would it have been good? <laughs> Fuck no. Um, But when I took myself out of the equation and went, okay, what is best for the community? What is best 
for myself as a member of this community. When I take it out of the realm of, uh, so there's there's two big spiritual forces among many. Uh, there's Megan, which is might. And then there's Chaminya, which is group luck and group power. And you can build Megan on your own, but you cannot build Chaminya without other people. When you look at yourself in these two lenses, and I don't think they're contradictory because we're still individual people at the end of the day inside of a community, but by being more collectivist in my thinking, by being more what is best for the tribe in my thinking, that made me take a real big step back and going, okay, yes, you are a gothi, you are a chieftain. What does a chieftain do when he's hit his limit? He lets other people step in front. He lets other people, he lets people know, hey, I got to take a break. I got to step back. Um, because in, in the end, it's not about the gothi. It's not about the spirit worker. It's not about me in terms of uh, me producing for other people so I can be this thing. It's me doing the best that I can inside community, with community, within community. Um, so I really had to take myself and place myself in community to not shut my ego down because I think that's actually as toxic. It's just in a different way. Um, I had to temper my individuality with collectivism, with what is best for the group if Sarah burns himself out trying to be a badass? What, right. what does that do to all the people who have come to rely on me? Not a good thing. Well, and I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like... Um, if you, if they rely on you so much and you burn yourself out, you've actually really kind of limited their potential to grow. And um, I guess where I was saying earlier too, that um, there's a difference between there's a lot of room in between zero and 100. It seems to me that returning back to community work is a good opportunity for you to absorb these lessons and reflect that in the sense that, you know, if I'm going to put it in a professional terminology, you've got limited office hours. Yeah. You're not on 24-7. You're not answering questions all the time. You're not committing to rituals that you don't have energy to do. You might be going, yeah, that's not a big ritual. I could knock it out real quick, but it'd be great practice for one of my students over here. So they're going to do it for you. I mean, that that seems to me that it becomes that place where re-entering that community work, it's time to find new levels and balances for yourself. Is that right? Is that how you would think of it? I think it's, I think it's, it's that as well. Um, and this goes back to the being a community thing. Um, you know, I, I just hit 36. I, I am not the young practitioner that I once was where I thought I could just do it all and no consequences. Uh, I have a limited availability of sleep. I have, I mean, there's a reason I eventually made myself limit my spiritual office hours for the dead. And I'm doing a similar process with the living. And so it's, it is that it is that, uh, it, you know, honestly, it's, it's kind of like a car, right? So if you push your car to 80 miles an hour, every time you get on the highway, eventually without proper maintenance, you're going to burn the fucking motor out. 
you're going to burn up the transmission. You're just you're going to leave your car way worse than with us. And you're going to destroy the potential of that car to take you from A to B that much quicker. You know, putting on the gas and make, trying to make the car go quick all the time isn't healthy for anybody, at least of all the driver. So there is that I need to pace myself. There is that. You know, not all roads need me to go 70 miles an hour on. Um, <laughs> but but it's got asphalt and 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 yeah, and no. I can. That 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 uh, two wheel bridge ahead <laughs> that requires right. at least eighty. <laughs> so, I mean, nobody that knows you is going to dispute or argue the fact that you are a complete badass because you are a complete badass. You know, we everybody who knows you loves and cares about you, and we're all the people that have been saying, "Dude, fucking sit down and." <laughs> take a break for a second you touched on one really interesting topic or point in what you were talking about um you're a chieftain and one of the great things that chieftains know how to do is how to delegate when it becomes too much for them to handle or it's not necessarily within their wheelhouse, which is not the case for you because you have many things in your wheelhouse. They right. hand those responsibilities off to somebody else. And they say, this is your job now because I know you can do it. And by doing mm-hmm. that, you're not only supporting your community by lifting them up and saying, I know you can do this, but you're also supporting them and helping them build the skills to take care of the community with you. I mean, we don't all have to be the great turtle and carry this landmass on our backs because that's not our job. Mm-hmm. Our job is to big, maintain the land on the turtle's back. That has been a big lesson in the last year, especially because being the one to delegate and say, I've hit my I can't do this. Uh, this is beyond me or not my, you know, the, the good old Polish proverb, not my service, not my monkeys. Um, yeah. A lot of the last, especially uh, in February, it's going to be six months of no spirit work. And I think that part of the drive to keep so busy was so I didn't have to think. You know, if, if you're busy and you're not thinking, like, like truly thinking, like reflecting on and meditating on where you're at and how you're doing, you don't have to notice all the cracks and flaws that kind of float in the circle. Right, hey, right. This shit is taken care of. I, I would not be able to handle getting the new house and doing all the things that I've done if I was doing a full, full workload like I was doing. That workload is unsustainable. I don't care what kind of practitioner you are. Um, un- un- until and unless I can make that my full-time gig, and even then I'd probably mitigate some of that. Um, that being said, you know, I love the writing prompts, the Q&As, the topics, the prayers that I got prompted on because I was constantly having to stretch, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I also really like producing the video content because a lot of people found it really engaging and helpful. And, you know, uh, being mentioned in the same breath 
as other popular YouTube heathens like Ocean Keltoid and Red was really cool. Um, I also think that the slowdown has helped me really think about how I want to exist in the community. And mm -hmm. it's encouraged me to like really lean a lot more on my family in the interim too, because I was doing a lot for the family as well. And, um, it's, it's become a real refocus of, okay, yeah, I really don't have to, because it, it pushed me to, it pushed me to trust that other people could do this stuff and be there for me. And right. I, have, I have had a very rough record of especially elders fucking that up really bad. If <laughs> I don't do the thing, it's not going to get mm -hmm, done. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I like the phrase, and the one that I, I use a lot is personal sovereignty. And I use that phrase because it, to me, it, it connotes a couple different things. Not only that you're able to delegate, but that you are taking a top-down view of everyone, including yourself, seeing where resources need to go, when rest is needed, where the forces need to be marshaled, etc. And the last thing that I pull out of that phrase, personal sovereignty, is that I'm already the sovereign. I've got nothing to prove. I don't have to burn myself out trying to prove myself to a community or to myself or to anybody else. That That's not to say that I don't, there's no room for improvement because that's different. But right. there's, but there is, there is the acknowledgement that I don't have to burn myself out trying to prove something. Yeah, and taking taking that particular stride at this point has helped my heart a lot, both in terms of like physically taking stress off of it and emotionally, and it it, it has forced me to actually be be vulnerable a lot more ways, you know. Um, reaching out to people when I'm not feeling strong, reaching out to people when I'm like, okay, gut check time. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. But also just handing people things and trusting that things are just going to get done. And it might not be on the timeline. I think it should be, but it's going to get done. And that vulnerability in particular has been something I've had to work on this last, especially these last five months of I am handing you this thing. I am trusting this is going to get done in some capacity by blah day. Um, and I've had disappointments and sometimes that makes me a little gun shy again about trust. But again, that community mindset of you can't just hive off and be your own, you know, I, I'm going to do it all. Da, 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 da. Like I mock people in the prepping community for that all the time. Like that no one's an island. A lone wolf is a dead wolf, period. Mm-hmm. And my mindset doesn't work towards that extreme individualism anyway. It's community-based. It's pack-based. Okay, so what can we do together? Well, we can't do everything together, Sarant, if you're the one that insists on fucking doing everything. So, you know, you, you can't operate as a pack if you're going to be the big dick alpha wolf saying, well, things have to be done this way exactly the way I think they should be done. No. No, that's not how you act in a community. That's how you act in a dictatorship. And so I've had to kind of back way the fuck off of a lot of stuff that I normally wouldn't. Like, I'm talking like household stuff sometimes. We just be like, okay, you know what? You've said you're going to do it. 
I'll see you around a movie. And to my appreciation, that's been met with, it gets done. And it, it, it has helped me a lot to be like, okay, I really don't have to be the one. I really don't have to be the one. And that's true of, 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 of my personal family and my, my partners. It's true mm-hmm. of my living situation. It's true of, of the communities that we're in. You know, being able to to look to our new mods and being able to just be like, you know what? I don't have to monitor this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge, huge relief. Yep. That I cannot, I cannot yep. uh, stress that enough. Um, I want to... Caitlin, it was it was funny. I something that you said, and I wanna I wanna talk about that a little bit more because when I was having my moment of well, who the hell am I, I got you guys will both laugh at this. So I was having a conversation with uh, Gaia Sorcery, our, our guest from episode uh, seventy four, and he, uh, you know, I were talking, and I said it doesn't help that in metaphysics, in spirituality, so much, this becomes an even more complicated question. Because who am I becomes, well, like if I'm multiple soul fragments and I'm part of a living universe <laughs> and I've got all these masks and these masks apply to which tasks, am I the observer and the observed or am I not? Or am I <laughs> like, yes. we really chew ourselves up like this, these questions when you, so, when you had a metaphysical spin to it. Yeah. The only, the only one I can technically say yes to is the am I the observer or am I the observed and yes you are both but are there we? Is- because would there be any actions if you were there just to observe yourself it is observing yourself in action I mean you can go down that <laughs> hole all you want, but you're gonna drive yourself insane man well but- you know I'm on that route anyway probably but Sure. I mean, I'm probably already there and just haven't realized it, but um, hell, this could all just be voices in my head right now. We don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I struggled and still do struggle with the concept of who am I? Because I feel like we as people have this weird demand of ourselves and of others and more particularly of other people and less so of ourselves of, well, you have to define yourself and you have to have a title and you have to have a purpose in life and, and you have to go to college and pick a major and it has to be the exact right one. And, you know, just follow your heart or, you know, maybe follow where the money goes. You don't necessarily have to love what you do, but you have to have these things in order to be a person to be living in it what I've had to realize is that's not life. That's not living that that's stressful, that that's painful almost, you know, it's okay for me right now, at least, and it could change in the future and it might, it's okay for my life purpose to just be the experience of my own life and whatever that is whether it's working in a greenhouse or working in the fields, picking produce or sitting behind my computer at a desk, writing a story that's driving me fucking crazy and wanting me to pull my hair out sometimes, or sometimes it's just sitting and playing my guitar. You know, these things all have purpose somewhere if you look hard enough, but sometimes it's just the act of experiencing what it is. And that's that's where a lot of the, people go crazy as with that life purpose stuff. If I can interject there, because it drives, I mean, like so many of the, 
the self-improvement blogs and the gurus and the Instagram influencers is what's your life's yeah. purpose. And if you're you absolutely right, your Caitlin. Life purpose. You're absolutely right, Caitlin. It's more about what are your life's pleasures and what are your life's passions than it is what is your life's purpose. If you know what your pleasures and your passions are, you've got enough. Right. And I think, uh, at least for me, and there's probably a few other people out there like me, hopefully, um, sometimes it's less about what your desires and passions are, although those are what will lead you to the experiences of your life. For me, it's more about just engaging in life. Me, myself, not engaging through the eyes of other people, not engaging through what other people are doing, but engaging in my own experience of my own life, if that makes any sense. Like, it's really hard even for me to kind of wrap my own brain around it. But it's like, it's those moments where I pause and I say, even like when I'm doing the dishes, mm -hmm. I will put my hands in the hot water and I will feel the sensation of what my hands feel like in the hot water because I'm experiencing the hot water and it feels good. Right. Right. And I just take a moment to step back and enjoy the warmth of the hot water. I don't mean that we have to all pursue our pleasures in a hedonistic way, but I, but you're absolutely right. right. Like that experience of in that moment, enjoying the, the warm water and the bubbles. And when that next moment, when the dishes are done, you have that, that moment of, of pleasure where you're experiencing the dishes are done. Dinner time is over. I yeah. can now go relax that that can be That's enough. It. And it doesn't have to be your life's purpose to do these dishes so that I can then go and do this huge ritual and impress all these people on, on TikTok. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's just not, yeah. you know, I mean, be it, honest. It, I think you have to be honest with yourself on those things. Like if you enjoy doing those things on TikTok and that, that's, that's great. And maybe that is where your passion lies, but that doesn't equate to being but, your life's purpose. But see, the the trick is behind this whole life purpose thing is you can enjoy doing those TikToks and have a wonderful time doing it. But as soon as that enjoyment and that engagement and that experience of creating those TikToks fall off and go away and suddenly it's very hard and stressful and you're moody and you're depressed and all that stuff, sometimes your life purpose is to walk away from that and find something else. And that's okay. It's totally fine for you to change your life purpose, quote unquote, whatever the fuck that means, and move on to something else that brings you joy and passion. It's okay for your life person to pursue the things that bring you joy. Right. Whether that well, changes think, daily or if it changes monthly or it changes once every 10 years, you know? What you just said actually spurs that little side thought of mine because it's it's kind of the thing that we were talking about at the beginning where mm-hmm. having if you don't have your life's purpose, it implies that if you did not follow that, it's something wasted. Oh yeah. And that's yeah. a value <laughs> that you don't need. If I didn't, that's, that's, a, I mean, like your, your life is not wasted if you didn't find what that purpose is and you just did things that brought you joy and you lived in those moments and, you know, I mean, you were the happiest a- little goat farmer in the, in your neighborhood, you know, that doesn't, <laughs> that isn't a waste in any way. It is. I know it is such a weird concept to think that something that didn't bring you money or didn't bring you capital gain or something like that, or something that you decided some one day that you were no longer passionate or desired about was suddenly a waste. How is that wasteful? 
<laughs> right? I, no, explain to me how. No, that I, I understand like, your number. It you doesn't make sense. You wasted time and materials and money and all this stuff. That is not a waste. You experienced that part of your life and you had a fucking great time doing it. But it's fine that you right. don't enjoy it anymore. Like real talk, find something else that you enjoy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only reason for that non-monetary transactions of our time are in any way, shape, or form denigrated is because it doesn't make capital. Yeah, yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Like, I mean, like <laughs> the amount of people that have said, oh, well, raising chickens is hard. Okay. Real talk, most of the fuckers on a dog or a cat. That is, it's not easy to get an animal to pee in a box, <laughs> let alone shit in one, but you still do, you know, unless you're, you're getting this pet that's already in house broken. In which case, good for you, because we need more people to take those kinds of pets on. Um, but, like, real talk, like, we do a lot of stuff that, economically speaking, makes zero, zero sense. Um, having kids in this day and age makes zero sense. Um, having a lot of the relationships we do seems so extraneous when you cast everything in terms of, does this make money? Life's purpose is a solid and I, I have a, a big fucking problem with it from that angle, but also from a lot of the things that you guys have been tackling about it. Um, you know, uh, the, the old meme from uh, Rick and Morty is like, you know, what is my life's purpose? You pass the butter. Oh, God. You know, uh, we, we've talked before about how uh, on this show about sometimes your only purpose for interacting with the spirit for this brief moment is to pick that rock up and put it somewhere else. Your life's purpose in relationship with that rock is to move the rock five inches. <laughs> right. It was right, unhappy right. where it was at because it's no longer getting the sun. So it wants to be moved over there so it can feel warmth again. So, I mean, if, if my life's purpose is reified through community, then my life's purpose is in constant change, constant motion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's probably better classified as purposes. Like what are the purposes of right, life? Right. Or maybe, maybe purpose is almost too weighty. Maybe it's what, what are my life's goals in this moment? What are, what are the thing, the obligations and responsibilities that I have? Like a lot of, a lot of my perspective comes down to obligations and responsibilities. Like what is my obligation to this rock? Well, I want a relationship with this rock. Therefore, it asks me to move it. Therefore, I move it. Cool. Done. And it, relationship. Yep. yep. You know, some so, relationships are transactional. That's okay. But some aren't. And that is also fine. Do we have any advice for people on how to find that balance? Since we're all, we've all searched for it in ourselves at various times. I think being really clear with yourself on what your actual boundaries are and then mm-hmm. holding to them. And then being very, and being very clear with people around you. One of the things that I have figured out about myself is I'm very much a jack of all trades and I am willing to do a lot of different things. But what I need, what I needed to learn was where am I at at every given moment when a mm-hmm. task is presented to me and said, well, we need this done. Are you willing to do it? I have to take a moment and sit and think, am I physically capable of 
of completing this job or do I have the mental wherewithal or capacity or am I tired? Am I, am I capable of doing this? Right. It's more of a question of what am I willing to do versus what am I able to do? And sometimes those sync up with one Mm -hmm. another. And also what am I capable of doing? Am I capable of completing this job? Do I have the knowledge to complete this job? If I do, then I fall back on the other questions. Am I currently capable of doing this? And it's like what Saren said, you have to be honest with yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that's really hard for people to do because we're asked as people, like we have run this into the grindstone throughout this whole episode is just <laughs> beat your face into the ground and destroy your body for those around you. Right. You know, don't think about yourself. That's selfish. But I think that's where the answer is to how we support our community is to think about yourself and to figure out where you're at on any given day and what you're capable of doing. I find that and even looking at it in retrospect, the answer to my questions would have been obvious if I had referred back to one of my uh, standby exercises. And I know this is one of your favorite ones too, Caitlin, the good old life pie exercise. I don't know if any, (laughs) so anybody that's has never, never done this, it is so challenging sometimes, but you draw a circle and you're going to draw three lines through it. So you've got six pie wedges and you're going to label those romance slash adventure, work, play, friends, exercise, and spirituality. And then you put little dots in every single section. So like if I've done a lot of work in the last month, I've spent a lot of time on the job, I might put that dot way towards that outer edge so that it's it's right at the outer edge where if I haven't had a lot of play time or a lot of art time, I might put that dot in very close to the center. And once you have all six dots plotted, draw a line between them and color it in, and it makes it screamingly obvious where your life is out of balance. Believe me, every single time I've ever done that, I've had the most ridiculous circle in the world. It's not even a circle. We're talking like, you know, those you tried stars that are just really, really bad. Oh, it's an astrological chart. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Had some that look like Pac-Man with its mouth wide open coming along. It's like, like I better pay more attention to a couple areas here. Yeah, sometimes I get the double-sided Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and the thing is, it points it out because it can it can point out, like, depending on what your intent is when you place those dots, like I could mm-hmm. work is another example is the example there. So, you know, I could say I spent a lot of time last month on work, so that dot might go towards the outer edge. However, depending on what my intent is when I'm placing those dots, I could also put it really close to the center because I might be working a lot of hours, but I might find that really annoying or unfulfilling. So it's actually not going to get, it's going to go closer to the center and not represent very much. So, you know, just keep that in mind. If anybody uses that exercise, it's really useful, but holy crap, is it aggravating? (laughs) Yeah, it is because you're basically (laughs) plotting your life down on a piece of paper and just shoving it in your own face going, Hey, I can't ignore this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think yeah, for, I'm getting... for... oh, sorry, no, no, I was going to say, I was just like, you know, it makes it so obvious, like, mm. okay. I mean, I, I got a lot, a lot of, of 
I've spent a lot of time with my friends, but I haven't gone outside in a month. That might be a pretty (laughs) issue. Yeah. And I I might talk some shit about it because it is frustrating, but it's Mm -hmm. a useful tool in that it helps you see the areas and where you're lacking and maybe adjust a little bit. The purpose isn't to fill up every single category either. It's to help you figure out where the balance is. Yeah. Rebalance a little. Yep. Okay, what were we going to say, Sam? Sorry about that. So, I mean, that's that's an excellent technique that I probably will not employ for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Why? Why not? Real, real talk. It's real you <laughs> Sarah, Sarah decided to go with five really tiny wedges, and then like the lower half of the circle is work, and he's just going to color the whole goddamn thing in. <laughs> You're not wrong. I, I already there, know how there are no dots. <laughs> Just one giant black hole in work. I love this comment. It helps you adjust. It gives you a piece of paper to let and fire. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. it can I mean, be used that way, ritually. <laughs> yes, <laughs> completely. Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, something something that's uh, left out of a lot of, of talk about uh, obligations and responsibilities is also like to to yourself and something that i've been emphasizing a lot more in my myself and my work in general is you know some of it came about because of some some new stuff that came across my desk and it's just how sometimes how litigious a union can be about this is not my job and why that's a thing um so i I, i'm part of you and one of the things that we are really pushing back on is being asked to do more of uh, our coworkers' jobs, basically. Long, long story short. So, so part of, of that is, is being, like, again, comes back to boundaries, but it's also, I am not willing to pick up your responsibility because that is not my responsibility to pick up for one. For two, I don't owe you that obligation. And for three, by putting that obligation on myself, I have less carrying capacity for the stuff that's actually mine to do. And some of the well, stuff that is mine to do is to relax and not take on your weight. Like I have an obligation to myself not to do other people's work for them. And you're, you're actively teaching people how they are allowed to treat you in any given situation. Yep. Um, I, I recently switched uh, greenhouses uh, I went from 53 greenhouses to three, which is amazing. And I know I've talked about this before. I'm wow, brain. Good job, brain. Proud of you. Um, but one of the very common conversations I used mm-hmm. to have with one of my former bosses was because he would just, he would find me specifically because I, in the beginning, I was always willing to do whatever anybody asked me to do, even if it took away from the current task I was working on to go do that other task. And then I would get in trouble for not completing the task that I left in order to complete this other one. So whenever he would come up to me and say, Hey, can you do this for me? I would look at him and say, well, I'm currently doing this, which is more important would you rather me go do this, this other job, or would you rather me complete this one first? And then if I have time, maybe I can get to that, or maybe you can find somebody else to do that other job, which one's more important. So instead of myself making that decision, I volley it back to them and say, you decide 
This is your choice. This is your obligation, your responsibility to decide which one is more important. But you also need to realize that one of these is going to suffer because I am incapable of doing both. I can only do one. You choose. It's not my obligation to choose. I, I also think part of this conversation, too, is something that you both touched on before, but especially you, Sarah, is that, um, Caitlin, you said it earlier in the conversation, and Sarah, you've talked about it in other episodes, and the way I'm tying that together is um, there's nobody to compete against. Right. I think that's an important thing to remember when we're talking about spirituality as well. Like, you're not actually competing against these big name authors. You're not competing against... We're not competing against each other. Um, there's, there's no, and there's no really no metric anyway. I mean, there's, I mean, what are you going to look at? Follower count? Like what, or, or something stupid like that? Like how many books I've written or I, nobody, there is no real metric. And, and, you know, Sarah, you've pointed out that the lay practitioner that might only do something once in a while, might only put offerings out and never have a huge ritual or anything else is just as good as, this person that's a full-blown and professional ritualist who does things for large communities or whatever, uh, there is no real competition there. There's no way to say who's better. Not all you really have to do is to be the best for yourself and your life. And we need to get that competition model out of there as well. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's, Especially it's, when it comes to spirituality. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. then. It's something that a lot of spirit workers and I have been talking about lately is like Althea and Chelidorius, for instance. We are not in competition with each other. We are spirit workers, but we are not in competition with each other. You know, and I am not in competition with Jim. I'm not in competition with Kate. I, I am not in competition with uh, fellow heathens. Uh, I'm not to eradicate focus from the face of the earth, but that's different. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a whole different ballgame. Uh, but I'm not in competition with spirit workers. What I am doing is the work that is mine to do, and that's what they're here to do as well. And sometimes that changes based on season, clients, life, goals, something that they get in the bag and put in front of you, to pick up or put down. You know, uh, I I do not hold the same relationship that another Odin's person holds. I'm not meant to. I hold my relationship with Odin. Likewise, the runes. Likewise, Freya. Likewise, Freya. Even if our relationships look very similar, they're not the same. They don't need to be the same. And there's more than enough Odin to go around. God knows there's more than enough Odin to go around. And there's more than enough of the rooms to go. Too much damn Odin sometimes. Like, get out of my face, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the thing, though. Is is this this is about like you know, in a lot of ways, this is about radical responsibility, obligation, figuring out what's actually yours and what's actually not yours, and what you are or are not picking up as being part of a given community, or Let's say for some reason you got a long hair up your ass. You're like, I really want to be a vulva or I really want to be a Vaitherberger. Okay, what is your new list of priorities going to involve? Um, 
what is your standards of practice going to look like? What is your life going to look like with this additional layer on top of it? Uh, what is going to need to change? Because if you're going to actually do the work and engage in expertise, and I think that's a different conversation than competition. Expertise, I am not a doctor. I <laughs> yeah, am that's tra- a fair I point. Am, exactly. I am, yeah. I, am, I am trained to do medical rescue. I am, I am here to make sure maybe you won't die before you get to the hospital. I'm not a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can give you a fucking Band-Aid, but I can't stitch open your wound. <laughs> or I can't stitch open your wound? What the fuck does that mean? I don't even know. <laughs> Words. But I mean, but like, I, I get what you're saying, too, because you can do a ritual that was designed by somebody else until you're blue in the face, and it'll never fucking work. Even if you are their student and you've learned from them, sometimes you have to adjust things and make it your own. You have to change it to make it what is yours. So you have to be willing to ask yourself that question. What is mine? And be willing to put certain things down because it's not yours and it's not meant to be yours. And that's okay. I also think that the hamburger helper approach to spirituality is fine if that's what's fulfilling. Like, I'm yeah, not I kidding. mean, if you like, if, yeah, if, if cookie cutter things work for you, great. They don't work for me and it fucking sucks. Like, there's nothing like if you find a prayer that we've done on the show and it works perfect oh, yes. every time. That's great. Also, we want to know about it because that's awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. Please let us know which ones work the best. Um, but, but like, like on the on the one hand, like some people couldn't cut experiences, don't cut it at all. But there is absolutely nothing wrong on the other end of you getting all of your spirituality from an author, as long as that for one works for you, and two is authentic to the things that you're practicing. Like, yeah, I think that authenticity is what a lot of people are looking for, and that's great. Is it authentic in in the sense that you can actually get it? get the reaction or they get the response or engage in a relationship with the God's ancestors, spirits, community, etc. whatever you're working on or doing or engaging in, does it work? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. hamburger helper sells because it will, it, it, it's out of the box. It works. There's nothing wrong yeah. with it. There's, it is fully functional in a practical right, thing. Right. Well, food, that that's question. <laughs> <laughs> so I, mean, I, I do have to, I have to put a caveat. So cookie cutter rituals don't work for me. However, there are certain songs that are written by other people. One of them is a, uh, a scald song. And then the other one came from the Viking show that I actually use for uh, prayers. And one is used for protection of travel the other one is to uh, pray to the rains that come through here, or storms, actually. L- working with winter storms is fucking weird, by the way. that That's a whole new ballpark for me, and I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> but it is perfectly fine using songs that are written by other people, as long as if you're going to use it publicly or in a domain that makes you money, that you go through the proper channels and make sure your ass is covered because then you're going to get copyright strike and everything. But singing it in your backyard to the spirits without anybody else knowing is totally fine. You don't have to write your own songs. You don't have to write your own music. You don't have to write your own prayers to elicit that feeling of spirituality. You can 
it occurs to me how awful an analogy cookie cutter is. As I'm sitting here thinking about this, because like when we moved into this house, we bought this house from my grandmother, there's still a drawer full of her cookie cutters. I could use her cookie cutters all I want. And that means every single cookie would that she made versus the ones I made would roughly look the same, but there is no damn way that we've made the dough the same way. No, because you don't know how she made the dough. She might've written the recipe down. Even if I'm following, it's going to be different. Yeah. So like cookie cutter is a weird analogy because it's not actually the same. So, I mean, like it's okay to do a ritual that looks like somebody else's because even if you did it exactly like them, step-by-step, how they wrote out the recipe, it's never going to be exactly the same as theirs. And that's that's all right. a very valid point because there are two recipes that I make that have actually been requested to be written down for my stepson. He wants them so that when he gets into cooking that he can make them because he loves them. But I'm like, I don't actually know how I make this because it's just, it's all a process. You know, I, you can't say, you know, half a teaspoon of salt because it's just, I stop when they tell me to. You know, it's a certain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like cook. Uh, uh, what are they? The chocolate chips and chocolate chip cookies. No, I'm not gonna fucking put one cup in, bitch. What's wrong with you? You measure that shit with your heart. And, and by heart, I mean the whole bag. <laughs> uh, I'd love to epi- title this episode "Measure That Shit with Your Heart," but I'm not sure if iTunes will let it through. I might have to use an asterisk in there. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's, it's so true, though. Like, so much of what we're yeah. talking about, whether it's, quote, wasting time or mm-hmm. obligations, responsibilities, where we're at in terms of community, individual, self, even if we're using templates and guides, we are still having to add that necessary internal component of ourselves by getting our hands mm-hmm. in the proverbial dough. You are in- fundamentally changing because you can't not. Right. And to that point... Do not get discouraged or disappointed when it doesn't turn out to look exactly like that person on Instagram or TikTok, because that is now yours. And it's beautiful because it is yours. It's not beautiful uh, because it's theirs. Let me zip up my sweatshirt. Two thirds of the way, Mr. Rogers style and go. (laughs) Listeners, no matter what you do, be authentic to yourself. Because you are enough. How's that? You like that? Yes. yes. In <laughs> fact, Jim Two Snakes is very correct. Wherever your heart lies within your ritual, wherever your mind lies within your ritual, no matter where your gut lies within your ritual, be all in your authentic self while doing it because that is where the success lies. Because you have the strength, you have the abilities. The power is yours if you're willing to accept it. So be wonderful, not only to others, but to yourself. And because I asked you to. And I won't demand it today, but I will demand it on other days. Love thyself so that you can love (laughs) others. Uh, Now that we've made listeners cry, (laughs) we're doing a pretty good job. You Thank know, you, though. I, I, learned, I, I, I learned from the best. All right. I appreciate you guys both having that conversation with me because it's been on my mind a little bit, Sarah, since we brought, you know, since we were talking about that on the discord with uh, amongst the three of us. And 
And it's just, it's a pertinent conversation because there's a lot of people who are spiritual practitioners are trying to sort this stuff out. Like how much is too much? How do I find balance? So I think it was a really good thing to talk about. There, there is one little tiny thing that I, I want to touch on. I know we're going to mm-hmm. wrap up here very soon, and it might be a conversation for a future podcast, or it might be something that we dip our toes into right now. But I want everybody to know that right now I am actually having a crisis of faith. I'm going through that questioning period again, and I, I know this is a cycle. I'm aware mm-hmm. of it, and it happens right around, it's a little late this year, which is fine, but it happens in winter when everything kind of slows down, the the leaves go away from the trees. You know, I'm very much a spring and fall person. You know, I like seeing Mm -hmm. that transitional period, but when we get into the depths of winter, when we get into the heights of summer, I do have these moments of like, well, fuck it all. I'm done. (laughs) This is stupid. Why am I Mm -hmm. even fucking bothering right now? This is so dumb but i'm aware that it's a cycle i'm aware Mm -hmm. that i have to go through this in order for the grounding in my own spirituality to deepen and get stronger just like the winds are necessary to strengthen the roots and limbs of our trees these winds of doubting your faith and doubting yourself and doubting this you know they'll stop eventually and you'll be able to grow and push those buds out again. And yes, your tree is going to look differently than it did before, but that's okay. And it's beautiful because it's different. I think we see that a lot. We see it a lot in the spiritual community and and not just pagan, but in, in Christianity and all different kinds of different religions and spiritualities. And I have those moments of crisis and faith. Those, those, uh, you know, it's not quite a dark night. It's kind of like, hello, is anyone there kind of moments, but, um, <laughs> hi gods, it's me. Right, exactly. There's no dial tone on this thing, <laughs> what but, the fuck? Um, where's my connection? <laughs> but I, I think, you know, as uncomfortable as it is, I think it's really important for people to know. I think it's better to question than to not. Yeah. I no, think it's a hundred percent better yeah. to have those moments of doubt and re-examine because it goes into what we were talking about earlier about rebalancing, figuring out what is valuable to you right at the moment, what speaks to you, where you're feeling whole and authentic, um, instead of just following the dogma. I think that I think following the dogma never leads to good places. Yeah, and it, it was just something little I wanted to touch on because I I, I we, we talked about this before. I'm I'm afraid of not being seen as a person, you know, through this podcast. And I, I want to expose my humanness to the world because that's important to me. You know, it, it's raw and it's hard and it's fucking scary as hell, but it's so exciting because other people like it, it's one thing that I can reach out and be like, look, I experience this too. I'm, I'm with you. I feel it. I understand it. I, I know it, it sucks and it's scary, but working with Freya and having Freya actually step forward recently into my life, I thought Freya was scary. Oh boy, howdy, was I wrong. Frigga is the most terrifying fucking person I have ever seen in my entire life. Person. I'm sorry. It's not, you're not a person. You're a goddess. Okay. I get it. Um, 
but it, it's it's interesting to navigate this crisis of faith through the lens of somebody like Frigg, because though I am having this crisis of faith, I can still feel her presence very prominent in the background saying, it's all part of the tapestry, dear. Look at the tapestry of your life. Yes, there's lots of bright, vibrant, beautiful colors, but there's also all these little dark bits here that illuminate all these other bright, vibrant colors. It helps sharpen these other aspects and it helps close off certain areas that may have been unnecessary for you to pay attention to. And so I really have begun to enjoy these times because it it helps me not only understand who I am as a person, but it also understands where I want to be within the spiritual community. And it's beautiful. I think uh, it's worth pointing out that Yggdrasil isn't any one thing to anybody that lives on or within it. Mm -hmm. There are goats that chew the leaves. There are the four beams that hold up the sky that chew on the leaves. There are the Norns, which constantly renew and refresh the roots. There's Nithog that's constantly chewing on the roots and the rot. There's Heisvelger, the eagle at the top, that's constantly blowing these winds. No one thing relates to the tree the exact same way. No one being has the exact same relationship as another, and none is required to. You can be an individual person in community, in relationship with other people in and of yourself. If we understand that Yggdrasil is an ancient ancestor, and that our ancestors were trees that were part of this land, are part of this land, if that is true for the cosmic tree of Axis Mundi. How much more true is it for me? Mm-hmm. And I also can't believe you left out the best uh, inhabitant of the tree, the one that uses the highway up and down, talking oh, shit back and forth. Yes, well, you know. my favorite. <laughs> the shit-talking squirrel? Yeah, the agent of chaos. <laughs> I mean, come on. Life is chaotic. He just makes it interesting. well um i want to make sure before we head out tonight uh if you guys uh, our listeners i want to give them a heads up because believe it or not we have all our guests scheduled through march already can you guys believe that holy shit like it has been amazing so our upcoming guests include uh diana rachel the author of the book hex twisting Leah Svensson, who is the author of Loki and Sigin, The Lessons of Chaos, Laughter, and Loyalty from the Norse Gods. Awen Dawn, who is the author of Paganism for Prisoners, Connecting to the Magic Within. Tyr Parsley Starnes, who is one of the astrologers at stardanceastrology.com. We've got Natalie of Vervain and Bones, who is the author of Marigold at the Crossroads, The Beginner's Guide to Intersectional Witchcraft, and Aaron Downing, who is the author of Kundalini Yoga Demystified. All that coming up by March. Nice. I'm, I'm How's really, that for a list? Yeah, awesome. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this is going to be a good season. I know it, right? Yeah. I mean, we've got a good spread, really. 
trying yep. real hard not to say that. <laughs> if you're listening, that's for you, honey. I love you. That's awesome. Yeah, covering a lot of different topics, intersexuality, pagans uh, in prison, just all kinds of cool stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a really awesome season here. Yeah. And if you are a part of our community or if you have a way of uh, contacting any of us and you have somebody that you want to hear us interview, send them to us, give us their information and we will, we'll send our calendar over to them to get them on the show so that you can learn more about them or learn more about us or both. You know, we we love having guest uh, suggestions from our listeners because then it lets us know who you want to hear. Also plug your plugins. I already movie. did. <laughs> well, okay. It's on stormpaco.home.blog. <laughs> I already did that earlier. <laughs> I'm putting it in the proper segment, goddammit. Uh, that's funny. Oh, man. You guys are funny. I like it. Yeah. Storm never remembers her own website. I love it. Sam, you go ahead. Go ahead and plug Okay, this. look, my brain doesn't think it's important information, okay? <laughs> it just discards I- it all the time. I love how I'm remembering your URL. All right, so I've already plugged Storm's content. My own is sarant.wordpress.com. You can find me on most uh, sites, Twitter, uh, especially uh, as well as TikTok. I am Sarant. And if you uh, want to check out my Patreon, although it is currently on hiatus, uh, it probably will be through February, given everything that we've talked about tonight. I think that's probably a wise move. It's been a while since I've had a two-week vacation, and since convocation is no longer going to be on this year, two weeks might be good spent relaxing for, you know, me. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, relaxing! So if you want to check that out, um, all my content is posted there, no paywall, you don't have to be a member, you can just look at it, it's patreon.com backslash S-A-R-E-N-T-H-O-D-I-N-S-S I'm also on YouTube, I also co-host uh, Three Pegas on Tap with Malik Anderson, and we are on YouTube as well. You can find us, I believe we are in, uh, if not the show notes, we are in the Discord under Promote uh, Your Work. Yeah, I think you're in the, if you're not in the show notes before, you will be now, so. Oh, I guess so. I should mention, uh, assuming that it doesn't get canceled, um, February 20th. Second to the twenty fourth, I think, or maybe it's mm-hmm. the following weekend. Um, I will be at Michigan Fire Nordic Fire Festival in Charlotte, Michigan. Um, not doing anything exciting besides just hanging out. Um, so if you're in the area and want to hang out with me at the festival, drink some mead. Come on up; it's a great time. Michigan Nordic Fire Festival is February twenty fifth to the twenty seventh, and. Opens Friday at 5 p.m. and closes Sunday at 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll probably be walking around with my wolf pelt. So look for a blue <laughs> apron dress with a wolf pelt. And there's probably going to be about six of us that look like that. So good luck oh. figuring out which one is me. Which actually does remind me. I don't know if I can't remember if we talked about this or not. Uh, um, 
the uh, uh, convocation has been postponed till 2023. And since Sarah and last show, we were talking about your four classes that you were teaching those. They basically moved all that scheduling forward for a year. Right. So Sarah's four classes will still happen just next year, not this year. So I think that's worth mentioning because I don't want people trying to seek out convocation when they've postponed it. So, yeah. And when I do get my Patreon back up and running with my monthly workshops, uh, if those are subjects that you or your fellows are interested in, let me know so that I can uh, prioritize those. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then for myself, um, if you go to jimtwosnakes.net on the front page, if you scroll down to the bottom, I have a link on there for my guide for setting up an ancestor altar, a very basic ancestor altar, but I've expanded on it recently. I added a dozen or so pages covering topics like, you know, what do you do if you don't know your ancestors or what if you have problematic ancestors? So that's all in there. Free PDF that you can grab at jim2snakes.net. And then also it's not even listed anywhere yet because I haven't, I referred to it the last show, but I haven't actually gotten around to actually advertising anywhere. So I'll go ahead and put it out here. If you go to jim2snakes.net forward slash special dash offer, you're going to get to a, a page that isn't public yet, but it's uh, a tarot card reading from me. It's four. I'm actually drawing nine cards, um, but you'll get four cards and it's going to be where you are right now, what's blocking you, what to let go of and what to work towards. And if you join my Patreon after that, you will get the remaining uh, remaining five cards, which will cover your higher self, your ancestral guidance, deity guidance, your fears, and the underworld. Mm. So it's a special nine-card draw that I designed myself. So It's a very good reading. I, I've had it done before. It's also a gut punch sometimes. So <laughs> a well-worthy gut punch. You know, so it's it's like it's one it's one price for the the first four cards, and then even if you just sign up at like the ten dollar month level on my Patreon, you'll get the remaining cards. So awesome! Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's pretty good show there. What do you guys think? Yep, I think it is. Yeah. All right. Good start Thank you. to a season four. Yeah, I know it. I'm so excited. And this was a really great conversation. Like I said, this really needed to be talked about. I'm glad that we did. This is Me really too. good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Very much. I I miss you guys. I really do. I know it. It's it's uh, it's hard. I mean, I I was glad to have the time off, but uh, part of me was also like, okay, let's get back to it. I'm ready. Yeah, I know. I'm Come ready. It's a time, but not yet. Dang it. You know, yeah. that's when you got to have that parental talk with yourself. And will you go sit down? <laughs> Drive me crazy. <laughs> Yes, self, I'll go sit down. <laughs> go color in your coloring books or something. But Build the what? Legos you got for Christmas. <sighs> <laughs> Which I did build the Legos I got for Christmas. Darn oh, it, so. awesome. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. My son got me a uh, uh, Star Trek Enterprise Lego set. Well, it's not Ooh. Lego, it's a different brand, but I put that together. That was fun. So that means two years in a row I got Lego stuff. It's fun. So, anyway. Now I'm starting to ramble, but thank you both for joining me. Thank you to all our listeners and Patreon supporters. We are really looking forward to this upcoming season, and we'll talk to you next time around the fire. 
Oh